Europe has a problem on its hands. Once again, the politics of division prevail. The persecution of what you believe and the way you were born are being used to tear societies apart. We've been here before. A reaction to our globalised world, spiralling inequality, a provocation of the changing face of Europe, all this has led to a continent unsure of its future and rapidly forgetting the darkest moments of its past. From our leaders down, we're feeling the pressure. And sport, so often a sanctuary from the world, is now plagued by the very same demons. Sterling silence the racists. Uh, this is after monkey chants were aimed towards Danny Rose when he was booked. Yeah, I don't think discrimination should be anywhere, you know. I think, as I said, we're equal. We have to play a fair game and, and enjoy the moment. And the landscape hasn't really changed. What's changed is the players' willingness to talk about it. This was the moment that effectively ended Mesut Ozil's international career. Racism, homophobia and Islamophobia are back on the rise in European football. In the 2017-18 season, Kick It Out, an anti-discrimination group, reported that discrimination has been on the rise for the sixth consecutive year. Racism is more than half of the complaints, and that's increased by more than 20% in the last 12 months. This year, according to FAIR, an organisation which places observers across leagues in Europe, they've reported in the first three months of this year 76 racist, homophobic and discriminatory incidents. These vary from abusive players, opposition fans, referees and other groups in society by people both on and off the field. From the Premier League all the way through women's football to suburban leagues. Fans fined, charged and banned for anti-Semitic comments about the colour of players' skins and their sexuality and has led some players to question why they still play the game. England and Tottenham left-back Danny Rose has said he cannot wait to get out of football because the racism that he has to deal with has become too much. So next Tuesday, if I see him, I will tell him. So the best way to, to fight and combat this kind of, uh, of terrible situation is fighting, being there every day. Now, just take a moment to consider this. A 28-year-old player at the peak of his powers who just played at a World Cup. His team Spurs are in the Champions League semi-finals. He wants to give it all away because of the racist abuse he receives. This sense of desperation plagues an issue that's not being fixed. How can it? The clubs are under the weight of history. We're also, in my opinion, a long way from success. So from the boardroom down to the smallest of grassroots football clubs, we need to be more diverse and inclusive. The UK is straining under the weight of Brexit. Their democratic system is creaking, and in the capital, London, Chelsea have come under specific criticism. It has an issue with anti-Semitism, and it's at war with its own ownership. Roman Abramovich donates to Jewish charities, is a trustee for the Jewish Museum in Moscow, but some of the fans of the club that he's poured billions of dollars into don't seem to care. 
Segments of Chelsea's fan groups display Nazi symbols on their flags. Chelsea fans have been reported to chant that Tottenham fans are off to Auschwitz. The club have gone to the extent of suggesting to take those found guilty of this abuse to the former Nazi concentration camp to educate them. Historic revisionism is on trend. Separating civilizations based on race is a hot topic. And football is once again in the middle of it. UEFA boss Alexander Cheferin has tasked referees with stopping matches if they hear or witness racist behaviour. But even within teams, the message isn't clear. About racism, I'm very much concerned, but not only about England. Italy is a big problem. policy has to be strict, is strict and it will be strict in the future. Earlier this season, Italian legend Leonardo Bonucci said that his teammate and Juventus young striker Moise Keane was 50-50 to blame for the racist abuse that he faced because of the way he celebrated in front of the opposition fans. This racism doesn't appear in a vacuum. Bonucci's poorly worded effort to make peace appears alongside that of Italy's own interior minister, the far-right politician Matteo Salvini, who has mocked new rules to address racism in the Italian game. Salvini craves division and fear of a new world. He wants to make Italy great again. He's part of a new wave of populists who all seem to begin in one place, you guessed it, social media. Welcome to the brave new world of social media, where most of us get our news and political information. The racism on social media has reached such levels that English players boycotted it for 24 hours. The purely symbolic gesture was a reaction to a string of incidents against players like Manchester City's Raheem Sterling, Liverpool's Mohamed Salah, Manchester United's Ashley Young and Watford's captain, Troy Deeney, after his FA Cup semi-final goal. Obviously, there's been a huge flare-up in the last week, two weeks of incidents that have sort of reoccurred. And then a couple of situations rear their heads and you realise that it's just been put under the surface, really. The campaign is called Enough. But what is considered enough for it to be offensive? Facebook and Twitter are being targeted for their relaxed approach to policing this. Because to many, the money that the players earn deemed them as fair game. FIFA say they will target it all head on and that they are fully engaged and say that they are preparing concrete action. But what does this look like in a world where racism takes many shapes, colours and meanings? Where politicians are driving their people to the edge? Where politics and sport have blended so greatly that our football clubs are now the beacons of tolerance in an increasingly divided Europe. Football imitates life, and in a Europe where the future for tolerance and unity look bleak, what can we say for the future of the game?